Bouget-Ah. It's a term that Lacan invented, and that ha- it's a, it's a, unfortunately it's a jargon term. So we, that's one of the reasons that we're going to talk about it, and we're going to try to unpack the jargon and see if we could come up with another term that doesn't isn't jargony, and see if it's necessary that we use the term Bouget-Ah, or we can use something else. Because I, I, for some reason, I can't imagine a world in which people walk down the street and say, "Oh." That's the, that's my objet. I don't have to. I, I'm really interested in that, or something, you know, because our, yeah. our isn't our Platonic ideal that people integrate theory into their daily life. Yeah, and it becomes yeah, yeah. Like a, yeah. But I'm not sure that they can do it with objet. So I think, like castration, I think maybe that'll work. Like maybe yeah. people can talk about castration in a public and well, especially way. since as as we're, I mean, because this is just this is how it is in psychoanalysis. Um, it, it's symbolic. Like always, like it's not so in a way, um, but that, that investing too much, I think in the, in the symbolic nature of it, like gets away from exactly how, um, like exactly what the cut is. Like, I I don't know. Right. Do you understand what I'm saying? That like, that like disinvesting from like the, like the literal on, on, on castration maybe actually hurts a little bit the term. I do. I think that's right. Like, so we kind of, we kind of need to keep the term, I think, because it does. I like the way that it makes people feel uncomfortable. But anyway, my only yeah. point is that yeah. <laughs> I, I, I can't imagine Abjaya functioning in the same way. Nor do I. I kind of get. I don't know. I sort of sort of feel weird when I'm saying it in public because I feel like oh, it's just a clicky kind of term that only the people that are Lacanian know. And so I like I don't feel that way about master signifier or mm-hmm. enjoyment mm-hmm. or desire or fantasy mm-hmm. or even quilting point. Because yeah. quilting point is a real thing. Yeah. So that's that's interesting. So so yeah. so this episode then, I mean, I think this is this is an interesting point is that I, I guess we have as our um, uh, demand, let's put it this way, that yes. we either like it, we have to make one one of two different arguments, which is that either it is the like um, proper understanding of the term, like that that will make it. Like if, if we can clear up understanding of object, then that, then that's it. Then, then, then it can be used popularly and then like people can come to it or it's too jargony and it's too distant and it's too like secret handshakey. And so can it be substituted for another term? Right. And can we, can we come up with another term that won't, we won't lose too much value that's attached to object. Mm-hmm. So we get out of the secret handshake jargon thing. That's really and interesting. And we still, yeah, that's that's how I feel about it. So, yeah, I, in well, fact, I have to, conf- yeah, go, you go, go ahead. Oh no, I was just gonna say that, like, I mean, cause, I mean, that's one of the, I mean, one of the projects of our, of our podcast is just that, like, exactly. I, you know, exactly. you know, I know that we know some people who think that, like, the the way forward in in psychoanalysis to be like as as specific and to like drill down like as as deep as possible and there's total like with with these with these ideas and there's like total value that I see in that, but it also means that the only that the value is just in um, cultivating like a richer knowledge for those who already have it and not expanding and, and bringing more people in. And like, as in the only people who can benefit from thinking this way are people who already think this way. And I just exactly. like, I kind of refuse that, that gesture. And, and like, I, I, I think, yeah. like, I think like, isn't, isn't Mari Rudy the, like the paradigmatic figure here for like 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 tr- for doing both, and I think she does both so well. Yeah, I mean, I, I think though people would say that she gives up too much on the side of making like drilling down because yeah. she's so concerned with 
connecting to other. I, I don't think this is not my criticism. I just have sure. No, no, but it's a, but it's out there. Yeah. yeah. So I think yeah, there is a there is a danger, but I do feel like it's much more my project. I mean, I don't. I guess I want to say maybe the two things aren't incompatible, but you can make. Mm-hmm. I almost think Slavoj is a good model on this, although he's very jargony at times. Like he has a, sure. his own little jargon that he uses, but I think he does a good job of, at the same like trying to cast as wide a net as possible, and yet writing books that are so really theoretical, theoretically demanding and expansive within that mm-hmm. specific area. Yeah. Oh, so well, I'm excited for this this conversation we're about to have. I have so to confess that I hold on one second. I just one thing. I I. I, I, t- I try to unobjea. I think I try to not use it. Like I will say, I'll maybe say one time. This is what Lacan calls objea, and then I'll mm-hmm. go into some stand-in for it. Like I, I tend to use, I tend to use lost object, which I think I understand okay. it's maybe rife with possibilities for misunderstanding. But I do feel mm-hmm. like that's a nice or absent object, missing object. Mm-hmm, something mm-hmm. like that. So I, I really, I'm one of those people who doesn't, I try not to use it. Slavoj uses it all the time. Like he doesn't. Okay. Well, I'll try to, I'll try to adopt the side of, we need to have the object done in that case. Okay, so good, we can do, good. we do a little part in the interruption okay, good. on this, yeah, yeah, on this good, topic. Good. Yeah. Um, okay. So I want to start here then. So we'll start for, for, to give people who maybe this is the first time that they're hearing it or they've read it and it's just like, they don't quite get it. Um, I'll, I'll give this little, like this is a little ramp to get to into before we start unpacking the term. Yeah. Um, okay. I'm always trying to find these, like uh, these phrases like that are um, a little simplistic, but allow you to, to get into the, um, to the, the more, more complex uh, things that, that, you know, Freud, Lacan, Hegel, you know, et cetera, are getting into. Right. Um, one of the, one of the ones that I like about, um, about Freud, I did this in class and I said it on a podcast uh, with somebody else, which I want to reference at the end of our podcast. When we do like a bunch of admin where yeah. like about uh, Freud and dreams, is that it's not like Freud's dream theory isn't like oh I'm gonna find something that I, that I can use to prove that that you have uh, that you don't have control over the over the things that, that you that, that you're thinking about that that's not he doesn't start with that thing what he starts with is that dreams are a movie that play in your head is just you making sense to you and you don't even make sense to you right w- right. why. Why? Like, well, like, well, like, well, let's let's tease this out. Let's let's try to explain. Let's try to explore this. And that's his. And that's 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 how he begins with, uh, with interpretation of dreams. And like that 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 whole that whole project is like from kind of like from that 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 germ of an idea, right. to then you know talk about like uh, you know displacement and, and condensation that sort of thing. So like, and this is part and parcel. If we can define Freud's like entire project in in sort of, in simplistic terms, uh, that. He, what he's interested in is showing that um, people don't always do things for the reasons they think they do them. Correct. That's totally total. That's and that's it's a good, more complicated simple way to describe it. I think. Yeah, and and if you and if you find if you find yourself thinking that, then you're like most of the way there with Freud, and you can see how he like develops from that starting point of that idea. Now, I'm going to try to do this the, the similar thing with Lacan and say that. His is an intensification of Freud's project to say that you don't even, and not, not just you specifically, but, you know, the royal you, we, all of us, you don't even desire the thing that you think you desire. Right. And I think that's that's sort of like our starting point here, and I think this this should be our starting point for talking about objet. Right. And I think that the key to that is this distinction between objet and object of desire, right? So. Mm-hmm. 
So the object of desire is whatever I'm trying to get when I like a nice piece of cake. Like that would be my object of desire. Uh, a beautiful person that I would like to go out on a date with, a good movie sure. that I would like to see. Like those are sure. all objects of desire. Uh, it's funny because I always usually, when I'm trying to come up with an example, I come up with the example of a car, which I never have a desire yeah. for a car. But in this case, I just, I picked out three things that I might actually that you do. desire. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you started with a piece of cake. That's a big piece deal. Piece of cake, you. that was the example. <laughs> <way. Yeah. laughs> um, someone once said, uh, reading my books, that they think that I'm a person who absolutely doesn't like food because all of my examples of, of food that I that I like or that's tempting to me is are things that a person wouldn't like who really loved food. Hmm. And I thought that well, was a, well. I mean, can you tell the listener your favorite Mexican restaurant? Oh, Chipotle! Chipotle! I love Chipotle! Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think someone hearing that would say like, "Oh, he doesn't really like Mexican food." Then. Yeah, that's, I, that's weird. I know. Yeah. I just yeah. So I think that was the case with this person too because my yeah. tastes aren't. They're not high. Like I use Twinkie as an example of a food that really I would love. And that's because mm-hmm. I really love Twinkies and love I don't Twinkies. eat them. But yeah. I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, that doesn't mean I don't love food. Anyway, so the, who cares what yeah. I love? Um, let's, let's get back to the point. <laughs> so the point is that... that no, we okay, got to defend so, your food. No, I'm just kidding. I, <laughs> <laughs> that'll be our, our special... We're, not, we're definitely never going to do a food episode on this No, that's on this totally podcast. true. Yeah. Uh, you and I are about the same on that. So... Um, I think so. Yeah. Um, anyway, so so the, the the those objects of desire, mm-hmm. like they're what makes the key to the this, like I can get them and then I'm 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 I, f- I realize my desire, but I'm not the satisfaction doesn't come in obtaining them. The satisfaction comes in the re- way that I relate to them, which involves me not having them to some extent. And that not mm-hmm, having mm-hmm. them, and I think the, the point is that the objet ah is the barrier between the object and between me as subject and the object of desire. So that's so it's an interesting thing where the objet ah is the, is is not what is not what I get. It's what mm-hmm. actually stops me from fully getting what I get. I mean, it can't. The, what's what's funny is it can't totally cut it off. Like if I right. if I have no glimpse of the cake at all, if I'm just if I'm if I'm stuck on a desert island, I can't even. All I can do is fantasize about cakes. Then mm-hmm. there, there's no objet ah there. There yeah. has to be a yeah. there has to be a way that the objet ah allows me to have see it a little bit, relate to it a little mm-hmm. bit, have it a little bit. But it, then it it's a break, b r a k e, on my ability to fully to fully have it, and that's what objet ah is. So so objet ah is a. I like to say that it's the can around the soda, like it's the limit yeah. around. Mm-hmm getting the whole thing because if you got the whole thing it wouldn't be set there'd be it'd be completely unsatisfying to you right right there, yeah so i mean my um my example long-time listeners will know this the the um that i like a lot is the 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 iphone box right that the like box. yeah the iphone box the the macbook box the like that that you you did not you did not want you thought you wanted the new iphone but like really you wanted a new box is what you wanted. And, and I, and, and, and that, because people, um, there's, okay. So, um, shout out to my friend, uh, Matt, uh, who a friend of his, uh, told him to tell me about that. There's a subreddit that's just called Apple boxes. And it's just people who like, just take pictures of all the Apple boxes they have, like of, of Apple product boxes, like, and, and not like juice boxes, which is what I thought when right. I saw that. I and mean, I was like, why is, why is that a subreddit? But anyway, yeah. but the, um, now here's the interesting thing, and I, and and I wonder what you'll think of this. That yeah. 
doesn't that doesn't that kind of um, fetishism flip the 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 equation? It does. That like yes, yeah. So what ends up? So when you're if you're the person who's going on Apple boxes, then actually at that point it's the phone. Like then, then if you consciously think that you really did just want the box, then actually the the object of that becomes the phone. Right, right. So and the can't. The point is, you can never get just the object of right. Like you can't. Right, right. And, right. and that's why your example, what you called it, is exactly right. Like that Apple boxes, whatever that thing is, that's fetishism. Mm. And the yes, fetishism yeah, yeah. ends up flipping what the, it, the, the fetishism actually has this weird thing of flipping the object of desire and the object ah, right? Like it turns, yeah. it turns the object ah into the object of desire and it turns the, it turns the object of desire into the object ah so that the box, right. so that the box actually becomes the thing that you desire. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. then, yeah, right. And, and the, and the, uh, the actual, the, the, the product is, is, is incidental. Like if you're getting like, you know, again, I mean, that's, that's the whole thing. If you're getting pumped about getting a new box, then you've, you've, you, you're, you know, perverse. You're, not, you're perverse. You're perverse. Yeah. You're, you're, you're not suddenly, you're not suddenly outside of, out of, outside of desire. Right. You, it's right. just been flipped rather like with most people who are excited about the phone and then they keep the box for longer than they have the phone, which is like, I like, I mean, that happens to me. I'm not like, I'm not excluding myself from this phenomenon. Right, 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 um, right. you know, like I have the, I have boxes for a, like an iPhone four that no longer works and I don't even think I have anymore. And like the, and I, I think that goes back like even like a couple like um, generations or whatever. Is that like, like, so I wanted, I clearly the thing that the thing that disappointed me was the product, the thing itself. And I, I, what I wanted was the, um, the, the limit. Right. Well, that I was waiting for you to say that that's the perfect term, right? That the limit that the object is about a limit that's Mm -hmm, placed mm -hmm. around the object. And that's what makes, and that limit, that liminal limiting thing is what makes mm-hmm. the object desirable. So it's a by by limiting the object in a certain way, it renders it desirable, and it also makes it possible for us to enjoy it. And so, I think the point is that when we're enjoying an object, what we're enjoying is the limit around the like. I think it's even true of right, relationships. Right. You know, like mm, like yeah. if you if you're if you, everybody's been with somebody that just totally suffocates you. I mean, not everybody's been with somebody, but most people have been with they <laughs> totally suffocates you with their presence, right? And mm-hmm. you just can't mm-hmm. you're and, and and you you find it them unbearable. But if you're if you're not with the person and you can only be mm-hmm. with them a certain time, like then the moments with them become really precious. I mean, Hil- my spouse and I, Hillary, when we were first getting together, we were long distance. So for, for the first four years we were and she had such a status of object ah for me because mm-hmm. Where the object was this massive distance that was always between us, you know, mm-hmm. and so that 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 nourished the desire rather than rather than stifling it, and that's and I, I I'm almost tempted to say that that's the thing that allows. I mean, that's what we enjoy all the time around someone. Like when we're mm-hmm. when we're with someone that we really enjoy being with, what we're enjoying is that part of them that we can't totally have, right? That we can't totally bring into our orbit into our symbolic space, into our whole imaginary structure, like that thing that resists being colonized by us. That's the thing that we really yeah. are enjoying when we're with someone. So it's the, so that's the enjoying the object. Ah, that's enjoying the person as absent. It's interesting like that. I mean, this is one of those things that I think psychoanalysis is in a, a, like a, a dialectic with um, some 
pearls of common wisdom, like, like, or cliches even that like, like absence, absence makes the heart grow fonder. Now the important thing now, which, yeah, which is like, which is, you were just talking about now, the important thing is it's not just reducible to that cliche. Like the, 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 the twist is of course, it's, it's actually like the limit makes the heart grow fonder. Right. You know, and, and, or the, or I would put it this way, the limit is the basis upon which like, you know, the, the, the heart can, can feel anything toward anything. And again, that's, that's clunky and not catchy, but right. that's, and, yeah, I was just going to say like, it's even, it seems like it's almost like more extreme than the cliche though. Right. Because it's, it's like, yeah. not only does it make the heart, like it is the absence that you're fond of. Right. That's yes, the, yes, yes. That's the thing. Like that, the, 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 the absence no, makes the heart. How's that period? Yeah. Something like that. Something yeah, like that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. I think that has to be it. And so I feel like that's the, so, for, so all those ways in which, Things are absent, so that's why I, I guess I don't know if you yeah. accept this or not. But I love this idea of the absent object as mm-hmm. a way to replace objet a, because I, I do feel like there is this unfortunate jargon thing as attached to objet a that that is a I don't know a barrier to its wider dissemination among people, and I think it's just a concept that needs to be more disseminated more widely. Yeah, I mean, I, I will, I will. Um this is, I know this is like heretical in, in some circles, but my, um, I, I, there's a lot that I like in seminar 20, but that is when, um, Lacan invents the term linguist tricks. Yes. Uh, and I, I just, it's just like, it's just a little much for me. And I, again, I know that's heretical. I know pe- so like a lot of people really like that. And that's yeah. like, that's like their favorite Lacan when he's like being like, like whimsical and, 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 and yeah, elusive. Yeah. And, and I, and I totally get that. Um, and for me, I, I like that he's having fun. I mean, like to damn with faint praise, I suppose. But yeah. like, I, I think, I think that, um, it's an example of not like, as, as I, as I say, um, oh, as I have said about other things is that like, to me, it's kind of an example of not taking the, the, it's being a little too um, hysterical with the psychoanalytic project that like one needs to be totally elusive because if we get even like a little bit closer, then it loses this fundamental magic to it and it is no longer the, the idea itself. And I, and I think that that's not, I think that's not true. Like I know that, that Lacan, so I will say this, I do defend him not translating object into English because that, uh, that I, that I get because of the point of the term is that it's supposed to uh, designate um, a, a kind of non reducibility to an right. actual object. Right. Okay. And, 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 and is he in something that is uh, mediated like through the signifier, then that uh, to me, that makes perfect sense then to, to not translate it into English, to not just come up with another, uh, another signifier for it. Right, which is which is odd because I mean, interesting because some of his unofficial translators would translate it as little o, right? Like they would yeah. use this, um, which I think is wrong. I, I do th- I agree with you that it, there is something about the non-translatability, which ties to the way in which it's also like it's 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 part of signification, but also irreducible to signification, right? Yeah. If something mm-hmm, mm-hmm. something is reducible to signification, it can just be easily translated. But right. if it if it's if it's if it's irreducible and yet it's part of signification, then it then you you have to preserve it through the non-translation of it. So I think that's right, what, and yeah. and that's why. So that's why, and to me, that's not in the realm of linguistics where it's just like we're 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 doing, 
we're 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 just pointing out the like the fallibility of of, of signifiers. Like I think that that is crucial to what he means by the term itself. Is that like if the if the whole idea is about um, inscribing a limit and 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 like and putting focus on a on a limit that is itself, you know the the um the, like. I, I'm I'm not sure who said this. I like that. Like de- desire causes the object rather than the other way around, right? right. Like the, the right. you know, that in 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 if in and to be more specific about it, if what is the thing is not just desire itself, but this like this like limit, this like inability to totally like possess or to have something, then yeah, there should be a limit in the in the term itself and and its and its translation. So like that, I I think like is totally justified by the yeah. by the term itself and by and yeah. by the non transibility. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but I still think. I, I do still feel like it's such a barrier to its the dissemination of certain psychoanalytic yeah. ideas. So I, I do, I guess, I don't know, maybe this is going to be my own private project. To kind of no, 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 to, it's good. No. To work on this like absent signifier. I, I also use the term impossible, ob- I mean, sorry, absent object. Mm-hmm. I also use the term impossible object because I think that mm-hmm. that has a nice way to, like I think that, that notion of it captures the stat, like it's irreducibility to any other group of any other objects, right? Like it's impossible. It's mm-hmm. like an object yet. It's impossible. Like, what is that? It doesn't even make sense. And I think that kind mm-hmm. of gets to uh, the idea of, ob- mm-hmm. what about, what about object a, have you heard people? I've heard, people I hear say people that. say that. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think of that? I, that doesn't bother me. I mean, that seems okay. like, you know, th- I guess that does go against what you were just saying about translation, although it yeah. doesn't mm-hmm. in a way because there's mm-hmm. no, it's not a in English. It's to really translate it. They'd be saying object. O. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, because it's or object other, right? Other. Yeah, object yeah. other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't know. So it's, and I, I mean, I do think, you know, part of the way to, one of the other ways to understand it, I think, is to think of it as the object that, so it's an object, it's the object that's missing. Well, I mean, that's the, that's the, the whole point is this, this like uh, lacking center to, um, to signification itself, right? This, I mean, we even talked about this in the, um, the Lacanian aphorisms episode about like um the signifier represents the subject for another signifier right, right. i think there's a there, there you can see a core of how object uh works like in that even though he doesn't um he doesn't use the term which right. is interesting because like because we were talking before, pre-show about like what do we like title this episode like does it is it a lacanian aphorism well like object never kind of makes its way it never makes it to an aphorism right which is right. which is interesting like so many of his other like unconscious is structured like a language you know which we, we haven't talked about yet but you know that's a, you know the the um the big other does not exist so the uh you know like like those there are ideas that are that are tied to to these phrases and object um is never and it's like i i don't know like like there, there's to me that's almost like uh that shows you how like like protective, and uh, he was of that, which is why I think like making other terms just like pl- like like puns on language like later like I I think is there's much less of a point to it where like this one it seems like the untranslatability of it should also go with like the inability of like reducing it, or even including it into a, a, a like a, a simple syllogism. Right. That, like, right. I think it it's really to, good. It needs to be beyond that as well. Yeah, I think it's really important, and I think that the. So, so it's interesting that he himself come like he he avows what you just said. Like so, in seminar twenty one, which is the non duped air, he says mm-hmm. the object is perhaps what I have invented. It's the, it's the only time he says yeah. I've invented yeah. something. So I think that 
connects to what you're saying and, and sort of supports what you're saying, that he himself was conscious of the fact that this is something that's really, that, that maybe is the moment. And I like the way you said it earlier where you said, you know, that we don't even desire the objects that we think we desire. I mean, this object yeah. is, the, is in some way the name for that, the fact that we don't right, desire right, right, the right. objects we desire. And maybe that's his point of greatest contribution. Yeah, yeah, that, that's what he, apart from the, well, not apart from, but like in his, like the famous Return to Freud, right? Like if you've ever, yeah. ever read any, um, like introduction to uh, psychoanalysis, if they ever talk about uh, Lacan, they always say, Lacan is famous for bringing a quote, Return to Freud, right? <laughs> like that's like, you, you see that all the time. Um, outside of the like refocusing things on on drive, um, it, it, I, I think he thought that exactly that his contribution was this was, was, was object, uh, was like at, at, um, I think we've talked about Which, this before. And then actually in the previous, maybe in the, in the previous podcast about like, uh, with, uh, with existentialism about the, um, um, buyer's remorse that, that like this is a, is a name for that feeling as well. And, and what it is, is that like, uh, like a confrontation of the impossibility of your desire and like what would be the, the psychoanalytic thing would be to like, again, would be to enjoy that, Enjoy the buyer's remorse. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I think I I wonder though. So, so I think that that's right. And that, that he has this, he has this sense of returning to the, the idea of drives in, in contrast Mm -hmm. to both on the one hand, ego psychology, right. That he's totally against that. But on the other hand, object relations, psychoanalysis. So, you know, object relations, so Melanie Klein, Donald, Donald Winnicott, the idea okay, that yeah. the like our how we relate to objects, the good objects and the bad objects, mm-hmm. is what defines us as a subject. And Winnie I, the Pooh would be a good. Winnie example. the Pooh would be. Is that a bad object or is that a good object? Well, yeah, there you go. <laughs> That's the question. <laughs> for, yeah, for Christopher Robin, right? Yeah, but yeah, that yeah, would be yeah. the yeah, like yeah. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So mm-hmm. the question is. So I think that 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 object is an interesting point on that because it's on the one hand it seems like oh he's given something. It's it's Lacan's entry into object relations way of thinking and not yeah, drive yeah. way of thinking, but actually that's not true. Object A is a, is defined as what the object of the drive, right? And so, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. but he's taking drive, and I think this is what you're saying: like, does the desire make the object, or does the object make the desire? He's clearly on the mm-hmm. side of the desire or the drive makes the object, and right. so what's much more important for him is how the drive relates to the its particular whatever its object is and i think in general he thinks drive doesn't have an object it's an object is object a and Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. but i think there he does there are points like seminar 11 where he talks about the different forms of the drive and Mm -hmm. how they relate to different forms of object so like feces breast he goes Mm -hmm. through these other and then part of what he's doing so it's interesting how he's he's there he's kind of playing this return to the drives and include an object, but an object that isn't like an object that object right. relations people are talking about. Right, right, because right. It's a, it, yeah. Yeah, go ahead. No, 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 you go ahead. No, I was just going to say that because it's an object that's that's not, that is, is mediated thoroughly by signification. That's the main thing. Yes. And yeah. it's an yeah. object that's defined by desire and drive itself, not by the fact that it's out there as an object coming to relate to us. Yeah, absolutely. I was going to say, like, um, Alison Bechdel talks about this, uh, like, pretty well, like, object relations, psychoanalysis in um, Are You My Mother? Which is, like, she makes that connection between Winnicott and Winnie the Pooh. Um, she is a and, believer, though, right? 
Yeah, I think so. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. well, the point, the, the point for her there and, or I should say the point for object relations, uh, psychology is like, I said, psychology. see, that was me. Damn. That, was, mean. that was a mean, yeah, I, 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 that was mean. That, that was mean. Um, yeah. so, uh, psychoanalysis, I should say object relations. Can, it's interesting how you could be mean just with one term. It's like, just, <laughs> I know. Yeah. 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 That's so great. Um, yeah, <laughs> that's, yeah. What, what a thing. So anyway, the, um, for them, the important thing is that, uh, like, the function of transitional objects and right. what's at work. And, and, and you, you can kind of see this in uh, like, like Lacan starts, I think in his seminars to gradually move away from this, um, this idea of uh, childhood development and it's like linearity. Yeah. And, and, yeah. and I think that that's something that's, that's a, um, a charge that you could levy at objects relations, uh, psychoanalysis is that like it, in, like when you have such an idea of like, Oh, when children are at such and such age, they have a transitional object that helps them move from being like a child and, and believing in this like whole world, uh, you know, W H O L E. And then they can right. move on to like a, a younger, like a more adult mindset kind of thing. Like, right. And like the blanket well, would be a perfect example of a transitional the blanket. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The blanket. Yeah. And, you know, Lacan is really, this is, I think, one of the reasons why Lacan is insistent that the mirror stage doesn't stop. Right. Like, it's not right. just when you are a child as the mirror stage and then you grow out of it. It's that, like, all the time people are making a misrecognition and they are, they're seeing a, a whole W-H-O-L-E instead of, like, you know, H-O-L-E instead of a whole. H-O-L-E, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. And that, this, that happens throughout um, throughout life. And and that, that, I think, is another one of these things in with Abjaya is that it's not, it's not just locked in to a moment of, of childhood develop development. It is at the core of the, of, of subjectivity itself. It, it, and, and, and that like you are constantly re-encountering it. Um, and that, you know, is maybe reminiscent of the, like this great line from, uh, uh, three essays on the theory of sexuality, uh, by Freud, where he says the finding of an object is always a refinding of it. Refinding it. Yeah. 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 And, and I, I think that's, uh, in part of, um, Lacan's mind when he's talking about object, because, and, th- and this is why it's important that it's not specifically an object, right? Like, like a, a, like it's not just, it can't just be the mother's breast because then uh, like, cause that actually designates a, a an, an actual object. object, right? An actual right. object. And right. um, it has to be, I love this. I, another way of thinking about object is what's in the, the object more than the object. Right. So, yeah, right. So right, right, it's right. like what's mm-hmm. in the breast more than the breast, what's in the mm-hmm. Coke more than the Coke, what's in the, yeah, what's, what's in the, the Apple box more than the, the Apple, Apple box or what's in the iPhone more than the iPhone. Right. Like that. Yeah. There the, you go. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. 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 So I think that's mm-hmm. a good, I mean, that, he uses that different formulation for object. I mean, I don't think he ever even equates them, but I think he uses that way of talking about object in Seminar 11. And I think mm-hmm. that's pretty, pretty helpful to think that. Like the other one that he uses is this is je ne sais quoi. So like right, right, the right. object is the je ne sais quoi of something. Like, and I think, I think that's translated. I mean, pe- untranslated. Like people use that in when they're talking in English. In like English. This, I don't know what. Yeah. Well, you, you were just <laughs> you were thinking about Austin Powers, aren't you? <laughs> when he says, "You're, you're," I don't know what he said. I think he says, it's yeah, like, yeah, "Anyway, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's good." So, I, so that's, I think that, so, so that idea, of, and I think you're right that it's really what he's really trying to combat with mm-hmm. the conception of object ah, is a developmental sense of psychoanalysis, mm-hmm. right? Like that. Right, that right. Then I think it, there is a way in which you could read developmental back in, like you could say, okay, the breast is the object ah for the first. Yep. 
and then the feces mm-hmm. for the anal stage, and then uh, the yeah, you know right. like you could do it that way. But and then there's I the think, mirror, yeah, yeah. Then there's the mirror stage. But I think it's nice that he he includes these, he invents these other forms of the object ah, that don't have any relation to the body at all. And this is in seminar eleven. He really yeah. gets gets down to these. So he says the gay and. I almost am tempted to say, and I think this is actually right, that most of his examples of objet are gays, right? Yes, so yes. he includes gaze and voice as two mm-hmm. other versions of the of the objet and and I, I it's, it seems like most of the misunderstanding of Lacan comes around mm-hmm. this idea of gaze. So mm-hmm. maybe he shouldn't have introduced that form of objet but <laughs> but I think it's because don't you think it's because people don't. Don't think of gaze as objet. When they hear gaze, they think of right. gaze as phallus. And I think that's really yeah. Well, that's I mean that's Mulvey, right? You know, that's the visual Laura Mulvey for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This, this, well, yeah, male gaze. I mean, even like that's it's really funny. Like we we um we could do I don't know. I guess our whole podcast is this, but I mean we could do one one episode specifically about like what are the terms that are used in like general uh like either like academic and non-academic conversation that are either like never attributed to psychoanalysis or just are assumed that like the meaning is over and we're not, we're not inventing new things anymore. Male gaze is one of them that like, this is even in like, you'll, I've seen this in, you know, reviews of films on like popular websites. Right. Right. You hear it. You you see male gaze all the time. Right. All the time. And the, the difference between so what got popular obviously is Mulvey's uh, um, reading and the w- her reading hinges on this idea that like the it is possible to master the object in view that right. you you can be you that and it, that's what it, the gaze does that's what gaze that's what does. the gaze does it, yeah. yes it's a yeah it's a it's a mastering of another of of, a, of another subject or another object and that if again when you see gaze as objet ah, and you see it as the limit of that, which you can master if you want to continue with that idea, then it takes on a completely different valence. And so that's actually the, the inability to master <laughs> right. is what's right. going on at right. the, uh, with, 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 um, with, with the gaze or the male gaze. And, and that, that's, that's the important point. And it is, is to, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. I was just gonna say, because gaze is, what if gaze is an objet ah, gaze is what fascinates you in the picture. It's clearly right. the point in the picture that you don't, that's outside of your potential to master it, right? It's the, right. It's the point of the, I don't know what. And it's also the, just, as you said, it's the point of the limit. Like mm-hmm. it's almost mm-hmm. like, not almost like this is what it is. Like gaze is the limit of seeing gaze is yeah. the limit yeah. of what you can see. And it's the limit that causes you to desire what that field that you're seeing. So I wonder if, yeah. Do you think it's possible to think of, 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 like, would if gaze had been correctly understood as objet mm. ah, yeah, would could you imagine that kind of feminist thing developing in a different way, or was mm-hmm. it just, or would it just not have developed at all? Like, is it um, in other words, I don't know. Yeah. Well, I think that the the thing that's interesting about Mulvey's essay and her intervention is that like she's uh, like while like the use of uh, psychoanalysis is not precise. I mean, she's right about misogyny in cinema. You know what I mean? Right. Like, like that, right. like, like that's, that's the point that, that she's like a hundred percent correct about. So, um, I, I think, I think that the, um, the feminist intervention into film studies might have happened 
Different. I don't know. I, I think it would have happened without psychoanalysis. Oh, okay. If the, that, that's what I think. Because I think the, Mo, the more, Mo, I think Mulvey's much more, I don't think that she, if, you know, she's like, I presumably she's read a, a Joan Kopchak, you know, and, and, and read my desire, uh, or that must have told hurt. about it. Well, yeah, it must've. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. um, but also I could imagine her just being like, well, you know, I, I don't really care because my point is my, about misogyny in cinema and finding like a, like a, like a, like an actual, where, where is a feminist point of, of, of articulation? How can we do that? And like, I think that's, that's actually the thing that, that, that she cares about. So I but don't is think that right? burn. Well, is that right. Like, I guess my question I, is, I, yeah, yeah, go is ahead. like, cause is, what is the relationship between patriarchy or misogyny and Abjaya? Right. Isn't it, mm-hmm. isn't it more, it isn't like, uh, is it patriarchy? Isn't just like, let's try to, I want to control the field. Let's say it's a right. visual field. Sure. With my gaze or of my look, mm-hmm. right? Like I, 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 like I don't think patriarchy is just that. Like I think it has. Mm-hmm. I think it's. Wouldn't it have been if if there would have been a genuine kind of psychoanalytic understanding of male gaze? Wouldn't it have been something more complex that got? Yeah. Yeah. Developed? Maybe. But know. then, but but then, would that have been popular? Because this is the reason why I say yeah, this, that's a that question. Like, yeah. like, like, you know, Judith Butler. Anyone who says gender is a social construction are saying that because of Judith Butler. But right. like the way that they, um, like her idea about um, reiterative performance being like the the base like performativity. Um, like I've, we talked about this on podcast before. Like it, I mean, she had to write this like three, four different times that people were interpreting her wrongly to say that like anybody doing anything non-normative with their gender at any time it, it is that's an example of performativity and she says absolutely not that's right. that like it is it's uh, because her whole point is that like it's not that gender is not um is not solid it's not full and that like in people are saying like oh yeah if you do this enough then it then then you become fully the thing that you're doing. And she's like, no, actually, it just proves the instability of the right, terms and right, the fir- right. That's right. like her. So I I actually think that I actually think the misreading is crucial, and I think that. And you think it always happens? You think yeah, always I think it all the, yeah yeah yeah. I think so. I absolutely do, and I think the misreading is crucial. So the important turn, like what I would argue, is that like um, would be to turn toward seeing how seeing how you know popular ideas are like uh, you know what a really good example is i um we were just talking about horror um carol clover in the um the final girl has so many reservations in men women and chainsaws about the idea of the final girl being feminist for horror films but that's yeah. all but all anybody says about the final girl is like oh this is how horror films are actually feminist Our that's feminist, all like yeah. Re- yeah. yeah like but she has so many reservations about it in that book like um and in that book is her turning away from Mulvey because she's trying to see this other thing but right. again she has she has reservations about it um but I, I i i do think that it is it's it's always a misreading that catches on so i don't think that there is a world in which like the, the perfect understanding of psychoanalysis could have been applied to help support like a, a feminist film theory in the 1970s. Like, I think it could have only been this, like um, this misreading that is again, a productive form of, of misreading. And then what then I think what was supposed to have happened in the nineties was that there should have been a turn to be like, actually we can do more with psychoanalysis. Right, if we see this, right. but then post theory intervened 
And right. it kept so what happened was just a rejection altogether. Yeah, exactly. Rather yeah. than a than a, than a tightening, you know. Yeah. Because I think that's pretty you know, good. Like, yeah, yeah, that's what that, yeah. that's what I, that's what I think. Like yeah, I, mean, it's I think in, in in queer theory, there's been you know in queer theory, and then like I think you know we're at a point where maybe what uh, maybe what Butler actually meant is is maybe more in focus now than like it was after she wrote Gender Trouble, and then for, yeah. like, for the next like ten or fifteen years. I just think like so like there just has to be like a, like some, like some time to, to, to sharpen the idea. That's what I, yeah, I think it's a good point. I think it's good. I guess it's just my fantasy that there could have been this perfect psychoanalytic. Cause I I do think that there was, there was really no one articulating it, right? There was no one that was saying, um, this is what like gay, like fully articulating what gays as object, ah, what what that was. And also what the implications of that were, because I think there is Mm -hmm. a way to think of that in feminist terms, like to think of like, like, isn't, isn't sexist patriarchal cinema, isn't it precisely constructed around an attempt to keep the object, the object at bay? Like it's a, it's a, it's a defense against the, it's not an example of the male gaze. It's a defense against the gaze. I would say like it's, it's, the whole thing is structured around, Oh my God, I don't want to have this horrific encounter with the, with the objet and how can we how can we mediate that? How can we mitigate it? And I think, you know, so, so yeah, I how do we I, avoid the limit? How do we avoid the limit? Right. So yeah. not mm-hmm. not how do we get to create the illusion of plenitude? And I think mm-hmm. that that's I, I guess I could have seen and I, maybe you're right. Maybe there just has to be this misunderstanding. But I guess I felt my there's something in me that hopes that there if there would have been a correct understanding of 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 gaze as a form of object rather than gaze as this look of mastery, then something else mm-hmm. could have been possible. Well, yeah, I mean, like part of the, you know, this is the other thing too, is that like how much of Lacan was in translation? Like, I don't, I can't, I don't know that she could read French. I, I don't know. If, if, yeah, no, um, I, well, she did read French, but, but, um, she did. Okay. Yeah. But she what, did, how much was even, but how much was even in French? That's know, a good question. So, so yeah. th- th- there weren't, there were only a couple seminars even available in, French. So, and there wasn't like right now we have the internet, so you can look everything in French is just out there. Um, but yeah. she didn't have that. So, so there is, yeah. I think you're making, that is a good point. And so the, the key seminar is the seminar 11 and, and mm-hmm. it was not available until after she wrote uh, visual pleasure visual in narrative Ple- cinema. So, so there is, mm-hmm. I think there is something there, you know, I think you, yeah. that's a good point that there is a kind of act because if you're just looking at the, a Cree and the mirror stage essay, you wouldn't really, there was no, I don't even think he, he barely uses the term object in any of the A Cree. So it's, it's, mm, I think it's yeah, really hard to get from the A Cree to get to a real sophisticated or a proper understanding of object. So that's, no, it's true. That was a term that develops in the seminars. And actually maybe this is a good point to, to turn to that. Like when to talk like about its history. That... Yeah. I yeah, find this yeah, history yeah. really fascinating. So, so, up until so so Lacan's seminar started in fifth, early fifties, mm-hmm. and I think what is it fifty fifty three fifty four is the first seminar. I, I think that's right. Um, mm-hmm. And so so the the first seminars he 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 has a he he uses the term objet a. I don't think he says objet, but he does he uses the little a as mm-hmm. a as a as a reference. But it's always just in the early seminars. It's always an imaginary. It's the other like. It's the other person. It's the ima- and for him, the other person is imaginary. So he's dealing only with the imaginary other as the as the as the 
point of reference for this term that becomes objet a. And he uses the term okay. all the time. So it appears all the time in his seminars, and especially up at, he's working, he's developing, especially, so seminar six is called The Interpretation of Desire. This just came out mm -hmm. in translation, by the way, and it's a humongous book. It's oh, like 500 pages, but it's, I think it's worth it, it's, and it has all the Hamlet stuff. So that was translated right, right, right. much earlier, I think, in the mid-70s, but um, it's retranslated. Yeah, just the by, Hamlet stuff, right? Just the Hamlet stuff. But it's yeah. retranslated mm -hmm. by Bruce Fink, and it's a good translation, and it's really helpful. But what's interesting is that he still, so this is Seminar 6, so it's it's right around like 58, 59, and mm -hmm. he's, he's got Abje Ah still functioning as little imaginary other. And, mm -hmm. and, and he puts on here, he, he just, in seminar, eight, in seminar 6, he describes the formula for fantasy as the barred subject, that is whatever, the... the lacking subject, then he does this little diamond thing, which means uh, <laughs> lozenge is the term for it, but it means that you relate to this other thing, and, and the other thing that you relate to is the objet a, and that's the what he says is the formula for fantasy. So fantasy mm -hmm. is the subject relating to the objet a through whatever, so that, that this, this connection that the subject has to the, to the, to the objet a is the formula for fantasy. Well, mm -hmm. Abjaya is still here for him. It's just imaginary other. So it's not until, and I find this so fascinating, not until Seminar 9. So Seminar 7 is, sorry, sorry, Seminar 6 is Interpretation Desire. Then there's Seminar 7, which is Ethics of Psychoanalysis. Mm -hmm. Seminar 8 on the Transference. And then Seminar 9 on Identification. Then we get the, this is what Abjaya is as we know it today. So is the mm -hmm. real object is the th all the things we've talked about on the podcast so far, is the absent yeah. object, is the limit, is the, mm. the je ne sais quoi, is the uh, in you more than you, all these things. So, that, so mm -hmm. up until this one point in Lacan's thought, he uses the same term, the same reference, objet a, to mean just imaginary object. And then two years, three years later, it undergoes a complete shift. So yeah. I think that's kind of fascinating that it has, and yeah. he never, it's maddening because he never says, <laughs> oh, all those years I was saying objet a and referring it to as calling it the imaginary other and just being this thing that, that, that functions solely on this imaginary level. I'm now using it to mean real and the thing that can't be yeah. reduced to symbolization, et cetera. So it, it's just, it's, right. you would think that he would have a moment where he'd want to clarify it for his, his people, his his audience, but he doesn't ever have that moment. No, he doesn't. Well, cause he like, um, I mean, in seminar 10, uh, I think we've talked about this before that he, he has that, um, he's talking about how the, um, the child is looking back at the, at it, at its, um, like he says, he was really clear on this in the, in the mirror stage essay that the child looks back for, for, at the, at the parent as, as a guarantee of, of what it's seeing. And that the the big other is always present in the field, and as he does, it's that's not like that. The, that structure is in total is definitely in the mirror stage essay, but him being clear to underline that the child it's looking back there. for valid that's it's not there. It's he's not there. just it, no, he's just said that later um, because it like perhaps I, I don't know perhaps it like occurred to him because that's that's did you use the example of of, of Lucas. Did you use that example on the podcast? Lucas? He, he's kind of like Lucas touching up 
a new hope with a, yeah, oh like, that's really funny yeah 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 that's that's really really funny i think, yeah. think he kind of does that right like he touches yeah. up his old idea he's like oh i've always had the notion that abje was this r- little piece of the real that is this yeah. limit that you know that yeah i don't, I don't yeah i think he i think when he actually that. it's just fine it's just like like it would like it would have been i don't know but you know foucault did the same thing so i i feel like it was like a a competition thing between well, I almost all think everybody guys. does it. Don't doesn't yeah, everybody think, do yeah. it? I mean, yeah. who who as a thinker really says, "Well, there I was just wrong and yeah. my idea now is this." I just don't think people yeah. do that. I don't yeah, think, people I think do that's that. true. It's yeah. interesting. They, when 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 it would be completely consonant with psychoanalysis to be like, "You know what? There was something there. I didn't see it then, and I see right. it now." Like that's that's perfect. Doesn't Freud you know? do it? You mean like through the um what what he like uh like what he uh, amends or appends to yeah doesn't he really yeah doesn't, isn't he open about oh I was just wrong about this and now yeah. I see things differently I think he Absolutely. he is the one yeah. thinker who I can even I can't think of another one like I think I guess Nietzsche he'll he says like I was wrong about Wagner like he says that's yeah. what, like I was wrong about a whole like then he he's he doesn't claim that his thought was wrong he just says I misjudged Wagner. Yeah. But right, Freud, right, right, right. I think Freud sort of says, like, I was wrong to say there yeah, were, yeah. you know, there that there were two kinds of instincts, ego instincts and love instinct, you know, and he and he says, yeah. no, it's like it's death drive and 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 eros or something, you know, like, I think that there is yeah. a or that I was wrong to say the pleasure, prin- like even beyond the pleasure principle as a book is really a book saying I was wrong about this idea of pleasure principle having priority. Yes. Yeah, right, 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 right. I mean, which is like like what a what a re- um a reversal of so much stuff that he written previously, which is what caused him to go back and to you know make so many notes um, right after right. after nineteen twenty right like all the right yeah. which yeah like all, yeah no those are the like I was just gonna say like like those are the if you're reading Freud for the first time and you want to prioritize which notes to read the ones after nineteen twenty are like the that that t- they tend to be the more um the more interesting one or the one where you see the the later, the later Freud, uh, the post drive Freud, like, like going back and, and, and looking at his, um, what he had said previously in, in light of like this, this later revelation. And so the, right. those I tend mean, to be the, the most interesting notes. Yeah, I agree. And I think he, 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 he almost can't, I mean, you see him straining against himself, right? Like he, he, yeah, he yeah, it's yeah. almost like he's, he's, he's come to a recognition that can't be integrated back into everything he thought before. So did he invent deconstruction? Uh, maybe because by doing that, you know what I mean, like like showing yeah. the tension in the text, in the like text, how the text because undermines it's his own text, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's interesting. I mean, I think for Derrida almost says that in Archive Fever, he kind of says Freud, he he sort mm. of invented it. But anyway, I I I just was thinking that there it's very few people that do that that are able to to say that the, and Lacan isn't one of them. Like he he mm-hmm. rewrites the past to say and I. It's interesting that he can't, he doesn't come up with objet right away. That I find yeah. fascinating. And then how does he get to it, right? Like how, mm-hmm. what's the trajectory? So seminar six, it's still, it's imaginary other, it's just this other, mm-hmm. other, and he even, I, it, I couldn't believe it, but in seminar six, I just reread this. He still uses yeah. the term inner subjective, which Ooh. Later, he's like invades against it in the in the in the most. Yeah, there is no intersubjectivity, That's right? The there whole is point. no intersubjectivity, yeah. right? Because yeah. that mm-hmm. would imply that, like, we never relate to the other subject. Instead, we relate through the other, right? Like, that's his mm-hmm. whole point. Mm-hmm. 
So he's yeah. so anyway. So seminar six, we still have intersubjective. We still and, and and he has this idea that the only the other we only other we relate to is another on an imaginary and symbolic level. And there's no mm. sense of this real that's irreducible to signification, or this just the way we've been talking about. There's no sense of a limit to signification. That's what's driving mm. our desire in that seminar. And then the 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 very next seminar. It's where he, and this comes back to our episode on Das Ding. Right. He comes up with this notion of Das Ding or the thing. Mm-hmm. And that, I, it's, I find it fascinating that that's the, turn, that's, the, that's the thing that turns him into, gets him to the point of Abjaya, right? Like, right. First, I, first I discover Das Ding as this point in the other, at which the other is un, ununderstandable to itself, right? This, this right. thing mm-hmm. in the other that the other doesn't, can't master or make sense of. And then mm-hmm. it, it's not that far from that to Abjaya, right? It's not, I mean, it yeah, almost, yeah. it's almost like, I don't know, it's the, the, then, uh, sorry, then just quickly back to the history, then seminar eight is the transference seminar, and he talks about mm-hmm. the, the what makes Socrates desirable is this thing in him, the agalma, this thing in him more than him, and then that unleashes... In the the front, the subsequent seminar on on identification where he does talk about Avjaya as real. So, right, I, right, I do right. think there's some there's there's a way in which Das Ding becomes. I mean, Rick Boothby's point. We had Rick Boothby as our guest on the Das Ding episode. His mm-hmm. point is everything after the Das Ding discovery is a retreat from Das Ding, and the mm-hmm. radicality mm-hmm. of it. But right. there's a way in which maybe Avjaya still has all that stuff of the important stuff of Das Ding in it. Right. Yeah. I, I mean, it's such an v- interesting, v- I mean, like we've talked about that seventh seminar in two separate podcasts, dividing like one with the, just talking about the, what, it, what does it mean? The ethical position. Right. Yeah. And then yeah. dusting as the other half. And then there's probably other stuff we could say about it too. Um, but it's, it's really interesting. Like I'm wondering, um, and this is a, I don't, I don't want to keep being, I don't want to keep being jargony because that's how we began this. But like, yeah. is there, is there a way that maybe, Dusting becomes Santone. Yeah, that's maybe that, definitely true. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, you know, yeah, and and yeah. and so, the, and that for the listener, that's how you pronounce the thing that looks like synthome or uh, um, S I N T H O M E. Um, and this is the, uh, I think what Slavoj translates into um, the like enjoying your symptom, like a like like right. a symptom that is so. That's that is the so symptom close. you enjoy is your Santone, right? Exactly. It, yeah, the symptom you enjoy is your Santom, and and it, it like it is so close to you that like it is it is like you, um, you could like to deal with it would like would would utterly like rip rip you apart as a, as a subject. It would, like like the you. It, it's almost like the that's that's why you have to enjoy the symptom and not as another approach to oh I don't know cogn- maybe like cognitive behavior behavioral therapy would would tell you to like oh well we need to like I'll, I'll offer myself up as an example of like I have to have mints on me at all times that like really? even now I have mints yeah I have mints on me and we're doing a podcast yeah and yeah. you're you are on the other side of the country from me but I have yes. mints on me right now. And I think your breath smells fine, Ryan. I don't know. Yeah, thanks <laughs> a lot. I problem. appreciate. It. Well, that's that's really that's validating, and you're gonna kick, that is gonna keep me to keep having keep, the mints. Keep you on the so, mints, right? Right. Yeah, keep me on the. Now, this happened after I was in the car accident, and but and like I, I'm, you know, you can't really you can't analyze yourself, but like I couldn't 
um, cause my jaw was broken too. Like I couldn't brush my teeth for like a month oh, and oh yeah. And so like, th- I don't remember, so I don't remember the, um, the trauma of the car accident. Like that's like totally gone for me, but i deeply remember having horrible breath all the time. And that's like, like so you it, had to right, use even, yeah. yeah. So even now, like I'm like, like I, that puts like a pain in my chest, <laughs> like to like, wow. you know, to think about that. So anyway, so that's like, what's, you know, so what's the deal with the mints? Like, I don't know, maybe like, uh, again, some other approach would say like, we need to get you away from that. Like, this is your transitional object and you're, and, and, and you're putting too much into it and you need, you know, and I think like, I would say like, nope, that guy needs those mints <laughs> like to, to stay a person. I think, what, what do you think about that? Is that yeah, fair? no, I think that's, like, I think that's good. I think that the, the notion that I, because the point is that you can't, the point of Santom is you cannot interpret it away, right? Like it's the thing right. holding together your, the symbolic universe of the subject. I mean, I wonder about the only and thing how I think about is that to Das Ding is the reason yeah maybe why it's like similar a, yeah. maybe it's yeah. similar like, yeah. I think that's right that that there's something well I think that again it's tied to the way we're talking about limit too right like there's something that you approach but can't fully can't fully get and that's t- that's yeah. related to both things and I think that that's the maybe that's the key idea in. That that what Lacan is getting at, and when he's when he first gets to Das Ding, and then he gets to Santom, but then where does Abje fit into that? I think it's like, I, I guess I would say the difference is, isn't it, that Santom is on the side of the subject, and yeah. Abje is more out. I mean, I, I, I that's not totally true because yeah. Abje every subject's Abje is its own Abje Like it's not like mm-hmm. what functions for me as Abje the the piece of chocolate, the wrapper on the chocolate cake is not clearly right, functioning right, right. as an object for someone else. But there is right. a sense in which that's more out there and the Santome, like I think the mint is good because it's it's so close to you, like it's part of yeah. your ritual. It's on my pot. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, yeah, and yeah, all, yeah. But I, the reason the reason I, I, I brought that up is that I wonder if, um, if Das Ding is... If das Ding is easier to think about as um, a symptom, and like I don't think Abjaya is like so they're on like they actually are on two different tracks. They're separate, yeah. Yeah, like so if if das Ding is like more comfortably fits into like um, being the 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 subject of the symptom, whereas um, Abjaya is like fits in more being the subject of desire. Which again, the, 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 it's not that those two paths don't ever intersect, but I just wonder if maybe that's that's kind of the why like because because this is the question you're trying to resolve is you just yeah. had das ding you did a whole thing on it why do you need why Abjaya? are you going to Abjaya? right yeah like, so why, that's what, that, and that's, why are you dumping das ding almost i mean that's the thing that kind of drives me crazy when people reduce lacan to this the epigraph or epigram uh, don't give ground relative to your desire right like they are taking mm-hmm. we've mentioned this on the podcast where we talked about that epigram that they're taking one, a thing he says one time in one seminar and making it stand for all of his thought. And I yeah. mean, I don't, it's really, it's, that doesn't have that status for him. Whereas yeah. these other, con, like I, so I, so why does he, I mean, that whole question we talked, we sort of maybe drove that into the ground, but why does abandon Das Ding? But I do think you're right to say maybe Das Ding and Abjaya are just on two different levels. But I do think that they're, are they similar in this way that, Dusting, there's something ununderstood about it, and there's something ununderstood about Abjaya, and I think that's okay. I don't know. Do you do you buy that as a thing that's something that they're that they have in common? Well, um, 
you know, I guess I'm just trying Look, to get from one to the other. That's all I'm trying to do. So I'm how about this? Like th- okay. this was something I said in the in the um at the end of the episode with Rick. Like, why yeah. don't we tease this out now? As I said, I know you like this. Um, that Moby Dick. Okay. Yeah. Now, for Ahab, Moby Dick is the whale. Ahab, uh, the the whale is dusting. For right. everyone else on the Pequod, the whale is Abjaya. Right. Right. So, and now, okay. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, let's think yeah. through this. Yeah, go ahead. Okay, yeah. So if that's, so let's just, you know, let's just to accept that premise. Yeah. Um, that means, so the, the thing that, that strikes me immediately in this is that it means that Dosting is more proximal to the subject, which is why I tied it to the Santa, the Santa. to, the, to right. this, right. to the symptom. Okay. Whereas for the, um, like, whereas if, Moby Dick is object. Ah, it's more social and shared. It's not like, like you, as you were just saying, like, yes, um, there are wrappers on, 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 on cake, but it's going to function differently for you for, for, for someone else. So, but it, it is, but still that wrapper is like a social symbolic thing that many people like see and share in. It's not just specific to you. Right. So right. your, so it's, it's actually, so it's your relation your relationship to a shared object is yeah. Is I think it's really good. Like so, Lacan's two examples I think from seminar eleven are the Hans Holbein painting, right? The ambassadors, right, right. and it's yep. the little, the little uh, blotch in the front of the painting, which is really a skull. And so, if you look at yeah. the painting from a different angle, up from really close into the right, you see the the splotch that you mm-hmm. you see that it's the skull and death. And then the other example is a, a little sardine can floating in the water that right. he where he sees his own what is he say something like i see i saw my own nullity in the sardine yeah. can right so he saw mm-hmm. he sees how i i didn't matter at all in that setting that i was in and so i think that fits nicely with what you're talking about like that, that the object is like the point at which you go out into the other like it's yeah Abjaya is where I am out in the world. And so you can, you Mm -hmm. actually can identify with the Abjaya. Like you can Mm -hmm. identify, like Mm -hmm. I am that thing. I mean, this is, I I mean, I think in a way, this is the end of psychoanalysis, right? Like I am that thing, that, that piece of residue out there out in the world. That's me. Right. And so I think Mm -hmm. that identification, so there's a point of which you can identify with Abjaya, but Ironically, Das Ding is closer to you, but you can't identify it with. It. Yeah, which is which is the thing. Like the phrase in Seminar Twenty Three, the on the Santom, uh, yeah. it, that he uses is that like you like I, that the subject identifies with, the, and I just think that like that is not that is like not. Right. not it, yeah, and maybe it's a translate. I don't know what it what the word would be that yeah, gets yeah. translates into identify. So I I don't know what that is, but it seems like you simply couldn't identify. You could not make as part of your identity this thing that would rip you apart. Like, it seems like the whole point is that it, it, it is like, it is so proximal that it also, that it it's so proximal that it has to be at a distance. So you couldn't identify with it. Yeah. That's, you know? I mean, that's one of the great paradoxes that psychoanalysis gets at, right? That the thing, the thing that's actually closest to us is the thing that we have to, we're at the, is at the, at the, at the same time as the most distant from us, right? Like yeah. that's the, I mm-hmm. think that has to be true. I mean, that is just so fascinating to me because, and I love the, I do, I love the Moby Dick example because I think it absolutely just squares those two concepts in such a way that, mm-hmm. that the, that, and I think it's true that, isn't it true that if, if, if Moby Dick the whale disappeared for Ahab, he would be just, he would fall apart yeah. as a subject. 
Which Whereas, is why he has to die, right? Which is like, why he has like, to like, die when, right, yeah, right. Yeah. but, but the, for the other sailors, I mean, they all die yeah. too, but for the other <laughs> sailors, except for Ishmael, they except could Ishmael, find it, Right. Cause he's telling the story. Yeah. Right. They could find other objet and right. that would be, they'd be fine. Right. They'd pursue mm-hmm, other, mm-hmm. they'd go on other whaling adventures or they'd, you know, they'd mm-hmm. go to the store and look for some cake or whatever they would do. <laughs> like, right. Like they would, like, yeah. I think that that's, I, I, I do think the, the objet ah is in a way, and that maybe that's another thing that it's multiple in yeah, a way yeah, that right. Das Ding isn't multiple. Like Das Ding, I is, agree with that. That, yeah. that that speaks to me. I think that's right. Yeah, uh, that 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 strikes me as being right. So like, yeah, I don't know. It's just it is, um, it's unfortunate that that you know, it's unfortunate that this is not the question that Lacan becomes interested in in Seminar Eight, but it's it's transfer. Not that I mean that's a great. I think that's a great seminar, but like it, it, it would be. I mean, well, I, I, but then again, what would we have to talk about? If you, if I you, guess if what you, we have if, to talk about, but you're right. Like yeah. it would be, it is unfortunate. I do. I, I think we should say it's unfortunate because this yeah. move, there's so much at stake in this move. Like what is, what's really going on? And I think it, it's, it's, it almost like there, there, there's, when people talk about Lacan, they talk about either dusting or objet ah, and they don't really try mm-hmm, to mm-hmm, think mm-hmm. the through two together, you know, I think, which is fascinating to me. And I think it's, it's, it's too bad because, and I think I would say, if, I don't know if you think about this, but I think today there's people are getting much more mileage out of objet ah as a concept yeah. than about dusting. But, uh, but maybe there's a way that we could should try all the time to kind of think of them, the two of them together. Yeah, I think that's true. Be- well, because th- it does seem like you know, I-, I do, th- I do kind of feel this in in psychoanalytic writing that you're either a dusting Lacanian or you're an object Lacanian, right? right. Like, like, right. And, and um, but I, but yeah, the, thinking the the relationship between the and I because I think if you're reading him to the letter, uh, um, that th- there is a way that the two kind of omit each other. So I understand why I think that's do right. That. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. but I think it requires I think it requires you to just say that like you you know what you know what the move you have to make is is that like Lacan is not the authority on Lacan, and that that you you like like what like like what we were just talking about a second ago that like he says that you have to that one like identifies with the Santome that doesn't make sense with the, the, how you set up that idea. It, it, with, with especially and also with how you um you you oh, you understand the idea of identifying even that term like it doesn't right. it doesn't make sense right so right, right. so it so it requires this as analysis does it requires this like this like um uh I don't want to say interlocutor because that doesn't that that's not kosher but like it 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 requires um thinking that like again there is no there is no um guarantee like outside like authority that's going to sort of make it all se- make, make it all make sense so like to read him to the letter is maybe not the way to uh show the to actually show fidelity to psychoanalysis as such what do you think about that yeah and i think it's i love that idea i mean i think I love this idea that Lacan's not the authority on Lacan. And that, I don't think, he, yeah, I don't think he is. I don't think he is, and I think... Like, which, is, which is not to say that we are, I want to be clear about that, but yeah. Right, continue. right, right, I don't want to say I mean, we are at all, but I do think that that really opens up, So, and I, I think it almost is in keeping with his notion that the big other doesn't exist, right? Like, the, Yeah, exactly, like, 100%. I am not the big, don't treat me as the big other. And mm-hmm. it's, it's, you know what I find, it's... It, and I, I think part of one of I was going to say what I find maddening is people trying to figure out what Lacan really 
said or thought Meant. about something. Like, who cares? Like, I just think yeah. who cares? <laughs> and I think one of the things that is the opposite of that is trying to, this, and this is why I think anti-jargon is so important because it's the mm. opposite gesture. It's trying to say, yeah. how does this thing, like how does objet, how can we make that thing speak more than it's mm-hmm. already speaking, right? I think that's the, mm-hmm. and, and, and how can we understand it in a way that maybe Lacan himself didn't understand it? Like he invents yeah. the concept, okay, good, but then, you know, how can we, how can we further that and make sense of it? Because I think, you know, the other thing we didn't, haven't talked about this yet, but this, this notion that you really like of, of Johann Fichte's Anstos, like the, oh, the yeah. thing mm-hmm. that's a hindrance and it's an impetus at the same, I mean, that is objet, like objet, yeah. and, and Lacan never read, I mean, he read a lot of philosophy, but he did not read Fichte. He read Kant, he read Hegel. There's not one mention of Fichte, who's, I think mm-hmm. is the great, he's a bridge between them, but I think he's really one of the great thinkers. But, um, that's his, that's, that's his notion. And so there's a way in which mm-hmm. Lacan's very idea of objet is just, he's just taken this concept from a philosopher that he never even read and <laughs> is bringing it into psychoanalysis. And I think it has to be that, right? Like it has to be that these ideas are kind of floating around and he's misreading Hegel in his way that he did and getting mm-hmm. that, probably getting this Fichtean idea from that. Ah. And, interesting. And I think it's pretty, I don't know, maybe it's not true, but no, but I, like that, that. I, I like that genealogy of it. Yeah. Is, anyway, is base, the, yeah. No, but the, the idea that, that the, the, I what I love about Anstos, so it's A N S T O S S that, that the, the Anstos is this thing that, that limits. It's a thing that we, we that absolutely limits us. And right. yet it's the thing that drives us forward. And for Fichte, mm-hmm. That was the thing, that was the key to all of his philosophy. So the, the real question after Kant was, what drives the subject to think? Like, what drives the mm-hmm. subject, or to act? What drives the yeah. subject to think and act? And, and Fichte's great discovery was, like, there were other people that were saying, oh, that's all just the self's own vitality, right? It's the, like, right. that's what just drives the subject. And then Fichte comes along and and. Kant really didn't weigh in on this question, but for Fichte, it was so coming from Spinoza's question, and Fichte says, "No, what drives us to think and uh, and act is this thing that is the barrier to thinking and acting." So I, mm-hmm. I, I I feel like that's really like once you get that, you've really gotten something that's absolutely crucial, and that's what I think that's what Lacan is getting at when he gets to the idea of objet. So to come back to our uh, our beginning question about. Um, Okay, a, a, a substitutive term. Yes. Um, yes. Lost object, absent object, missing object. Um, should I? I think if I'm going to accept because I, I, so I accept the idea that it is. It's too. So okay, a couple things. I accept the okay. idea that it is too too jargony to be socially useful. However, like as we said, you do accept podcast, that. I just just to be clear, I do. I I, yeah. I do be clear. I do I do accept that. I think it's yeah. it's it's tricky, and people don't like. I mean, even just the, like the times that I've talked about it with my students, just like the, the look of like the hesitation in their faces of like, am I saying this right? And it's right. like, if you're worried about, am I saying this right? Then like the, the idea is not working. Right. It's not doing anything. Totally you know, like agree. it's, it's, yeah, totally it's agree. just, it, it's just the handshake between two people who have been educated and you know what I mean? Like, and that's a, right. that's a problem. Right. So I accept, so I accept that. However, to accept another term, I do want to hang on to the idea of the, the non uh, reducibility because it, it like, and I see that in, it's in object because it's not translated and that, th- and that it does do, I think it effectively, um, 
performs the idea of the limit in the in its own just in in the the word itself or in the phrase itself so if i'm going to accept another term i want something that that also retains that so can we put the word limit like object limit or like limit object like and or or is that does that also become too obscure i think that's, a that's little, i mean the the other thing yeah. the other way i was thinking of was object i often will say the object are or the object cause because yeah, okay. Lacan himself even uses that as a substitute because it's the object that causes our desire through functioning as a limit or a hindrance, right? Like that. How about a but, liminal object? Well, I know. I I I I kind of I knew you were going to go with that, but <laughs> but that sounds a little deconstructed. De- deconstruction to it, me. Yeah, I and mean, it also sounds like it could be obtained too. So that's another problem. Right. I think. Right. Right. Because yeah. right. there are liminal objects that we can actually. So, but I do, I mean, maybe it's just limit, right? Maybe it's just Mm. limit. Like is, is this. And you get object out of their entire, like, 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 yeah, I don't know. But you don't like this desire. Is that better? Limit of desire. That's, that's kind of big. I was just thinking like, what, what, what are your, what's your objection to absent object or lost object? Um, I, I don't know. I, um, I think I, um, I think I just. I think I, I think really just what I said, like I, like I want the, some installation of the, of the limit that I think is like present in the, in the, the term itself and in, in, in object itself. But, uh, but that's, maybe that's, um, well, wait, how does the, <laughs> I understand how object ah as a term has limit mm-hmm. within it? Because it be, I think it's, it stages the, the, um, I, I think it stages the, the, like, again, like the, the limit, the limit of 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 understanding, of again, understanding. It's, it's, okay. it's, yeah, it's, it's untranslated. So I think again, that's not maybe that's not part of it. But like as I say, I think it like it. I think that the phrase performs what the term is. You know what I mean? In, in a way yeah, that kind of makes it it yeah. kind of, where the phrase makes it a synecdoche for like what it act, what what the idea is, and that I like. That I like. Yeah, I like so, that too. So I, th- I don't know. So so I think that anything else is more is more descriptive, but you do lose that that aspect to it. So maybe. Or, um, but Maybe I don't want to be like a, well, I don't want to be like a Goldilocks theorist where it's like, this is too hot and this is too cold. And yeah, well, maybe, I mean, it's <laughs> look, it's like, I don't think we have an example of people who are like the, the, the people that are even legible of contemporary yeah. Lacanian theorists, they just use it. Right. Like, yeah, that's true. Slavoj uses it. He uses it almost without apology, even when he writes for the independent or for, the Russian website that he writes for. Uh, it always comes with an example, I think, maybe. That's I think the that's thing. right, right. right. Yeah. And Mari, I don't know, does she use it? I th- I don't know. I mean, I just think the problem, think so. one thing you can't substitute is object of desire, because then they're just, it's yeah. just, it's just, no. it's too much is misunderstood. It's just everything is mm-hmm. lost. But the, mm-hmm. I, I guess the object cause of desire seems like that can, that, that functions pretty well. And it's not, bi- it's not like a long, phrase and it's i don't know so mm. but i do i take your point that this idea that it has to be there's some way irreducible there's something irreducible to signification yeah in the object yeah. i mean that's really we haven't really discussed that that much but i think that's a crucial thing that it can't yeah that in that object ah names something that has no place within the signifying order which is makes right. it different than what lacan meant by Abjaya earlier in his career because yeah, then he was right, th- right. he's thinking about something that definitely did have a place. So this non-place right, right. is important, right? Right. I mean, and this is why. I mean, this like th- does this not explain why so many uh, Lacanians gravitate toward Beckett? 
right? What like with the you know the unnameable right uh, as right, part of the right. the three. It's novels absolutely. And, it's know, all like, about Beckett's all yeah. about objet in a certain way. Yeah, right. Like mm-hmm. I think you know I almost I I I I love the notion of gaze in cinema, even though we just were talking kind of negatively about that idea of the male gaze. But I think gaze is what makes you interested in watching films, right? Like gaze is the mm-hmm. thing. It's the point in the film where you can't, that thing where you, what's missing and yet drives you to see more. So it's the, it's the way, it's what's absent in the image that drives you mm-hmm. to see more in the image. So if there, if there was a film without a gaze, you wouldn't have any interest in watching at all. And the, and the, and the way in which the film deploys the gaze is the way that it, it, it encourages you to be a spectator, I think. So, so yeah. there's a, yeah, yeah. go ahead. No, no, no. Like, I think, you know, uh, isn't this your example of the, the end of Silence of the Lambs? Like, oh, have you it's my favorite that? example. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Where, where, yeah, where he says, I think we even talked about this in a prior podcast where he says, I'm having an old friend for dinner. All of a sudden, you're located in the image. I wonder if, I was going to ask you about the latest Star Wars film. Did you see a, was oh, there okay. a moment of gaze in that film mm. that where you felt um, like I'm being, I'm being included as absent within the image? Yeah, included as absent. Um, uh, my honest answer is I'm gonna have to think about that. Okay, so that's, a, right. that's a disappointing, disappointing. That, answer. That, that's um, okay. That's okay. I was gonna because yeah, I yeah. have an example. Like I just saw this movie, Knives Out. Have you seen this? Oh movie? yeah, it's, no, I haven't. Not yet. I haven't seen it. Okay, it's quite good. I think it's t- totally high, high, high recommendation. And I think it's the best whodunit film I've ever seen made. Wow. Because don't you think whodunit? And I think whodunit is a nice little thing to think about in terms of objet art. Because mm-hmm. isn't whodunit a, a kind of genre that is a non-objet yeah. genre? Like, it's doesn't yeah. it say, like, we're going to give, like, what's missing... We're going to give is, you who did it, yeah. What's, what's missing is who did it, and we're going to give you who did it. Yeah. We're going to give you who did yeah. it, right. So what's missing yeah. is the object of desire, and at the yeah. end of the film, we're going to give you the object of desire, you get it, you're satisfied. But right. I was just thinking... There are almost no good whodunits. So Hitchcock, mm. I think, made two, like Stage Fright and Murder, I think, or two. Mm-hmm. Sta- uh, Stage Fright's terrible. Murder's not that much better. You can't, and Hitchcock even himself said, you can't make a good whodunit. Like, you just can't mm. cinematically do it. And I think it's because of this reason. Like, there's no gaze in the whodunit, Right. And I think, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I just think it's a fascinating. Well, because you're just, because you're just, you're just, you're making it complete. Right is is, right. is the reason why right. you're just there's, you're you're yeah there's you're something finding, missing I'm, and you're gonna fill yeah. it out and then yeah. and the person well and the de- the detective literally is mastering the text right, right. like that's right right that, yeah, right. yeah 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 and it's so a, anyway a, so a, so what's great is this it's a it's like a great whodunit and part mm. of the thing that makes it great is that when you're when what's filled in is I'm not going to give away the film because I think everyone should see sure. it. What's give what what what's what you're when the detective solves it, every point where you think it's solved, it's not really solved. That there's some other mm. little thing. So you're never really given this full thing that fills it in. Instead, everything every every piece of a fulfillment is part of a non-fulfillment mm-hmm. as well. So I think that's, I will, yeah, you know, Todd, what I will say to back to rise of Skywalker, um, is that, uh, I think that the, the, um, the film does fill in a lot of like gaps and makes connections across the, the nine star Wars films in a way that I thought was like really impressive. Um, but it has like, I think these are the, these are actually the things that people, um, don't like about that movie. 
you know, I mean, amongst the, you know, whatever other, other things people, but the, they like, um, but I, but again, like, I think like, like I, I said this to you, like, I think Star Wars fans, like th- these movies like break their brains. The first movie, oh, it's too much like the, um, the other ones. They the go to be movie, disrupted. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They go. Yeah. Cause the first movie is too much like the other one. The second one. Oh, it's not enough. It didn't make any sense. The third one is like, oh, it was not ambitious. And, oh, so you wanted it more like the second one, but you hate it cause it wasn't enough like the other ones, but you hated the first sequel because it was too much like like go stop it like the, do, yeah but do what you're else. saying is that, yeah. that that in a certain sense they what the film did was do what i just said whodunits do exactly right? like it, exactly. it actually yeah. just filled yeah. in stuff rather than giving them an example of the gaze in cinema as yeah, object that's interesting right? yeah. that's interesting i think i think though what makes that um i think what makes that tricky for um <laughs> unintended rant on Star Wars. I think that that um, what makes it tricky is that when people go into a whodunit, okay, I think that they are looking at all the the evidence that is in front of them, and they're maybe they're playing the role of the detective, okay. right, right, as the movie's right. going along. Right. I think when you're talking about something that's a series, um, you're inviting people along the way to fill in the gaps and then when the gap is filled in in a way that creates a gap for you it's like it becomes this point of like resistance and rejection and so that i think the um is is where you know what what i would say is that uh, i think that's star wars is where i would where i would maybe redeem it against this like whodunit thing where it gives um it fills in a gap but but with content that becomes a gap and that that i think could should be the 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 site that um folks seize on as as you know as being like this 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 like liberatory sort of like point in the in in the text where it invites like further in interpretation but because it wasn't the answer or or gap filling that one wanted before they went into the the theater it just becomes this like like point of like like social like rejection and then like you know internet abuse and all that kind of stuff well but and, would and this, they, this uh, yeah no i was just gonna say what, and, do, you, do you think like is the point that the gap gets filled in at all or it gets filled in in ineffectively or or insufficiently or something no i think it get, i think it's that it gets filled in at all like i yeah. I, I think yeah. yeah because um I, I, yeah, I know. I mean, there's a lot, you know, our next episode, we might talk about psychoanalytic uh, uh, aesthetics and like, you know, a lot of people get a lot of mileage out of talking about um, aesthetic judgments and like effective plots versus like ineffective plots. And I, and I really, really think when you talk about um, when you're talking about a series, I think that the um, libidinal investment gets, uh, it's just out of whack to the, to the point where I don't think you can talk about it. I do not think you can talk about a series in the same way that you talk about a standalone, uh, self-contained narrative, like at all. Um, and that it's just a, like, and again, I I could be, you know what it is? Because I think the series, I mean, this is like, what is this? This is my whole thing. Cause I think the, the series is, is, is a symptom. I think the series is, or or more like Santom. Like, it's just so like, it's so proximal to to people. Like the, it's like, it's so like invested and wrapped up in it that to like, like really it causes um, stress and, and distress to like to get anything at all. Like r- really yeah. like yeah. the only, you know, so, I mean, this is why, like I was on um, a podcast care of Cooper cherry, shout out to Cooper. And I was talking about that, that, like the most 
the the most ethical kind of, like the or the, the virtue of television sh- is a bad episode or like the bad or like a bad ending and like because it like the like the, these moments of like of like disappointment and like non fulfillment like I think that needs to be the um the, where we orient um our sense of of, of value in like in, in in cinema and in television because you know what it means when you get when you are confronted with disappointment it means that thing raise your expectations right it means right. well it's it, it I mean it's a point of object ah, right like that's the whole yeah. it's the whole idea yeah. 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 It like, it, like yeah, like you're you're uh, like like what like um I think that it's, so one of the one of the TV show endings that people talk about like is like in the pantheon of great endings is uh, 6 feet under which is um it's great. It's so great, but here's the problem with it. It's so great it makes people think the whole show is better than it actually is and that's the, that's the problem with the ending. Like it actually makes the show like so, you forget actually how there were plot lines that like didn't really work. That like it, it did a lot of experimental stuff that didn't like end up like mattering in the end. And like those are the things that I think are like that's the only reason you got the ending that you did was because like oh we did a lot of stuff that didn't end up paying off and working out. So we have to do this thing that like sews sews stuff back up. And then it, it, like again, it, Todd really it's so it's great and it's so immensely satisfying and then you're like wow what a great series and it's like no 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 no. it was like kind of all over the place that ending is great but like it like so it 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 uh, um obscures the ending was so good it obscures like one's own aesthetic uh, um evaluation of it the the, the, the so that's a problem yeah please jump in no that's pretty great i just was thinking the relationship between when you were just talking about that series and the relationship i was thinking about the relationship between avje petit a avje a and quilting point and that makes that uh-huh. that makes that really i so i think we should save that for next week and talk about that next time because yeah, that's clearly that's something that has to do with narrative and the way narrative functions but it it, it is it, like object ah is not just the ending object no. ah is the way in which the ending like causes something to, to emerge that otherwise wouldn't be visible right like the, the way that a right. certain limit gets introduced but it's not mm-hmm. just the like object is not reducible to the cut itself, right? I think that's the, right, I right. think that's a key point. But I, I, but I, I, I love that idea that the way in which, the, that all of a sudden something ends and then we see that, that this thing that seems amazing. I mean, that's even an effect of object, right? Like, yeah, th- right. that w- that something that seems more amazing than it is because of the way that it's the limit has been introduced. I think that happens yeah. all the time. Like that, you know, Slavoj has this example of Abjaya where he says, a woman came up, to, I don't think this has really happened, but maybe it did. No, I don't and think so woman, either. The woman came up to him and said, <laughs> I know exactly I, what you're going to say. I don't think this that, happened. That, <laughs> that, uh, uh, her, her boyfriend said, I, uh, I would be perfectly beautiful if I just lost two or three kilos. And he said, and mm-hmm. then Slavoj said, and I tell her, I said to her, don't lose the weight because if you lost it, then you wouldn't be attractive at all. And that the extra two or three kilos is actually the thing that makes her attractive to her her partner. And I don't think this happened, but it's a nice example of object, I think, the way in which that little distortion actually Mm -hmm. has the effect of making that the distortion is the thing that makes the the, the attractiveness of the thing that we're looking at or the thing that we're desiring, right? Yeah, well, I mean, because the idea is that, like, the to to put it, like, I guess, blunter is that the imperfection lets you see the perfection, right. Right? right? right. Like, and I think that, and and for me, this is this is the virtue of Rise of Skywalker and and that that Star Wars film is that like the the 
the answers, uh, like the, the okay, so like let you see the imperfections, and people are reacting against that when it's like no 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 no, that needs to be the point at which like you like that you appreciate like, do it. not you appreciate it yeah like like do not because well, this is a thing that happens is I, I I think that in general like critics and 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 audiences are are actually resistant to engaging with the text and instead when it's not exactly what they wanted or when it doesn't subvert their uh, uh, expectations enough to get out of what they wanted, they just imagine uh, uh, what the movie could have been and if had done another thing. Like, right. like, Oh, I wanted it to, to do like, I hear this all the time, like on podcasts or I see it in, re- in reviews and it's just like, Oh, well I wanted the movie to do this and it didn't. It's like, okay, you're telling me about you, not the movie. Or it's just like I really wanted to like this album. Okay, again, you're telling me about you, right, and, right, we, and we talked about this a little bit in the in the Us episode. And so I think that, you know, when it's because because Star Wars attempted to fill in these gaps that it didn't it didn't. This was the the point I was trying to make. It didn't just fill in the gap. It made clear another one. Okay, it's just like it, it, and and the point is like, look, this cannot like you cannot sew this up. This is the whole point of the serial. You can't sew this thing up completely. And if and you wouldn't even want it if you did, because you know if, what, right, then it's like six right. feet under and you never think about it ever again. Right. The whole like point the successful of it, like, sewing up would be unapp- unattractive altogether. It, it, it is right. Cause it, it, cause it stops it. It halts like, um, it halts all interpretation. And, and I mean, for me, like sort of, uh, enjoyment and, but, but I think there's like a big contemporary thing where it's like, Oh, I heard game of Thrones ended badly. So now I'm not going to watch it. And it's like, Okay, I mean, you don't have to watch it, but like, like, why does the you know, or like, I heard, oh, I read Lost had a bad ending, so I'm never going to watch the show. Right, right. And it and and it's it's like, like that kind of investment in the the end ratifying and like validating you're having invested in it in the first place. I think that is like what it like a capitalist attitude that needs to be like utterly rejected. And you see it a lot in, in narrative, and, and it comes yeah, out, yeah, out yeah. a lot yeah. in uh, in in film and uh, in, in evaluation. Television, and, uh, yeah, obviously, television yeah. stuff. Yeah, like yeah. That. yeah, I think it's really good. I I mean, I wonder if you would. So you would say like that 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 the thing about Rise of Skywalker is that it it was unsuccessful enough that it made yes. it it made us be able to enjoy the entire nine, nine episode movies. sequence oh. or whatever it is yeah, yeah. 100% i think uh, yeah i think absolutely yeah i, I think that and that if he had the perfect success the perfect if they if they completely stuck the ending then we'd look mm-hmm. back and say what was i even doing you would it would just have like eviscerated our enjoyment of the entire I suppose that's yeah. I suppose that's my contention. I mean, because you know what people end up doing is they're like, oh, like well, they didn't do what Lucas wanted. And it's like they didn't do what Lucas wanted. Luke, like, like he 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 won't allow the theatrical releases to be available. Right. Plus, like, he sold he, all he, of his thing to Disney. I mean, isn't he? Well, he sold, I mean, like that's like that's that's one response, which is like one. Yeah. Well, if you wanted it to be different, don't sell it. You know, right. just do it yourself. But right. then I think this the the second thing that is that um, like uh. Like you know what the 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 movie the movie so this is I think I'll give a concrete example the the worst thing that Lucas introduced in the prequels is the midichlorians because it, it makes the I don't know, maybe this is like so boring to some listener I'm really sorry about this but like w- what ends up here's the wider problem with this is it makes the the function of the Jedi it makes the it makes them it introduces eugenics oh, to, right right I to Star this. Wars yeah, right because yeah, yeah. the people who have the best blood. Those are the best people, <laughs> and that's a really, really bad idea. Yeah. Um, and so is that a Harry movie, Potter idea? Um, I is it blood? I don't know the. I don't know the. the Aren't they the, like the I, true I, bloods or what? I'm sorry, I shouldn't even spoke. I don't know what. I'm talking <laughs> about. Yeah. 
<laughs> well, anyway. Uh, oh, oh, I know what you mean the Half Blood Prince. Half I get Blood. It. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I think that that movie is, or the the series is on the on the correct side of that. I, I, like, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, and so anyway, I wanted another I reason to not like uh, J.K. Rowling. J.K. Rowling. Yeah, I know, I know, right? Because yeah. now is a good time to not. Yeah, like her. I want to uh, some, Something something we talk about on uh, uh, Give and Take with um, Scott Jones. There's another shout out podcast we were just on. We were but, just um, on it, yes. Yeah. We were just on it, yeah. Um, but anyway, so the I even think Lucas knew how bad this idea was because he doesn't bring it up in the next two prequel movies. It, like the, the word never comes up again. It's only in the but n- episode four. Right? One, yeah, one, yeah, right, yeah. Right, one. Sorry, I get yeah, them. yeah, yeah. No, like his, yeah, chronologically four, but it's episode one. But anyway, the Rise of Skywalker does a good enough, like it. I think it does a really. It pushes back against the idea of blood without ever naming midichlorian, and so it's sort of like it does exactly this thing, which is that it sews up this inconsistently inconsistency because like Lucas gave an answer to a question nobody asked, which is like, what literally is the force? And his answer is like, Oh, it's in your blood. It's tiny things in your blood. And it's only in some people's blood. And it's like, that's bad. Right. We don't know. No, and so this movie doesn't like where it would make it more consistent with eight of the nine films to completely reject it as like, Oh, people used to think this, but we know now that it's wrong. It doesn't do that, but it pushes back against the idea of like blood and destiny. And to me, I think like biological, like determinism, uh, that is like in some ways, like kind of like, uh, a, still a rampant, uh, like idea. Like right. Culturally. Right, for sure. So, for sure. yeah. So I think, and I think that's a, that's a perfect example of the, the, the movie giving something that it, in the diegetic world actually still, creates that like that gap and in that and that tension but it and that's the that's what happens with that's what happens with serials that and that that, yeah. that is a level which you need to appreciate it so and i think um it comes back with and i think it's an important way maybe that's a textual way of understanding object because that's the that's the limit and this is why when you brought up onstas like i like i've uh not published this but i've written about like um the obstacle that's also the impetus is yeah. is like a crucial way of understanding like um, serial narrative is that like the, the obstacle to serial narrative is um, closure and like is, is completeness. Like you can't, if you have that, like if you end completely, you know, like, I mean, pretty good examples would be TV series that didn't know if they were going to be brought back for another season. So they ended as though it could be the ending. Like I'm thinking the fifth season of Buffy the Vampire Slayer where, you know, she, she dies, but like, yeah, she dies like, but that could have been the ending, but it wasn't. So it had to be open enough. So like, even in that case where like, you know, it, it might've been the ending there, there was still, there's still like a further opening, uh, that, the, that, that could go, that could go forward. Like, cause you, you need that. The, the, the serial like subsists on it. It subsists on these ways to like, like imagine like new and new possibilities. And this is the problem with endings is that in, in, in the serial is that like, you you get sold the whole way through that oh yeah the, this world can be so big and there are so many different things and so many twists and turns and you get to the end and it's like actually only like four things could have have happened right, right. i know we told you i know we sold you on the idea that anything could happen but actually it's like these four things and that's again that's an answer that creates a gap right that's a, it's, it's a gap filling that 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 installs a gap and installs a tension and i think that's you can see objet and you can see the you can clearly see the limit 
in that in that relationship to, to yeah the I yeah it's so much that's so great I just I want to wrap up just like this idea that of the yeah. made me think just that this relationship between infinite in the infinite and the finite mm-hmm. right like the yeah that mm-hmm. the object mm-hmm. is in some way infinite but it yeah. makes us experience our own the finitude of finitude. the thing that, yeah oh, that's really nice yeah, that we're that we're that, that the finitude of our own desire and the finitude of the world that we're in because it goes be it, it's ability it's very going beyond makes us realize that you know we don't we we can't have it like the idea that we can't have it all is that's our way of having it all i think that's the real yeah. i mean i think that's the real crux of of objet that that the that the the limit is the way that we that you get that satisfaction comes that the inf, the, the introduction of of the limiting thing is actually this moment at which we touch the infinite. I, I, I kind of like that idea. I like that a lot. And so yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to end this on, on the, the lesson the lesson is see knives out because Todd, I don't know if you know this, Ryan Johnson wrote it after the backlash to star Wars episode eight, last oh Jedi. Oh my God. I was thinking about that, <laughs> Ryan, that is so fascinating. Cause I, yep. I watched it with my boys and I'm like, that's the guy that did the last star Wars. They're like, what? That sucked. This was so much better. How did he? <laughs> so uh, interesting that he really, yeah. I mean, if you didn't like episode eight, he really redeemed himself because that was really, so yeah, like that's really a good lesson. So Man, that's great. All awesome right, Ryan. Time. All right. Good talking to you. Over and out. Good talking to you. Over and out.